The Ain't No Fang Podcast. From Arizona Sports, Ain't No Fang. Arizona Sports NLCS postgame special on 98.7 and the Arizona Sports app. Here in a couple of minutes, we're going to be checking in with our D-backs insider, Alex Weiner. He is out in Philadelphia covering this game. Unfortunate for him because it's a 10-0 blowout. The Phillies destroying the Diamondbacks here in Game 2. They will take a 2-0 lead in the series as they come back to Chase Field. For Game 3, that's going to be Thursday. You're going to want to be here on Arizona Sports for that one starting at just after 2 o'clock. So an afternoon game for that one. Uh, That would presumably mean Game 4 is Friday and then uh, Game 5, if necessary, and gosh, I hope it's necessary, would be on Saturday. That's the schedule as it's set right now. As for tonight's game, a complete lacking of offense yet again for the Diamondbacks. Four hits, In 32 at-bats, not enough to beat the Phillies. One walk in this game for the Diamondbacks, not enough to beat the Phillies. 13 strikeouts, and as Mitch pointed out earlier in the show, seven of those by uh, just looking. Not good enough to beat the Phillies, especially when they hit like the Phillies. Kyle Schwarber had two big bombs tonight. That makes it three on the series. He's one of the best postseason hitters of all time. And the guy hits 200. And yet, most of those balls go over the wall. Trey Turner hit a home run at the start of the game tonight. He was the only one in the top three of their lineup last game who didn't hit a bomb. He hit one tonight. Bryce Harper still doing Bryce Harper things. Alec Bohm got involved. Bryson Stott with multiple hits. JT Real Muto with multiple hits. This lineup is stacked. And outside of Rojas, who's the nine-hole hitter, I don't really feel like there's any holes And that's a problem. Talking pitching specifically, the Phillies' Aaron Nola here in Game 2. Six innings, only the three hits allowed. He did have seven strikeouts. Just as impressive as Zach Wheeler was in Game 1, in my opinion. Merrill Kelly pitched admirably in this one. Five and two-thirds innings pitched. He only gave up the three hits, but four earned runs because of the long ball tonight. He also walked three. That's not great either. Six strikeouts for Merrill Kelly in the game. I thought the bullpen just didn't look like the usual bullpen. And to be honest with you, it's not in these first two games, they haven't had to go to the guys that they like to go to. In four of their first five postseason games, which they won all five, they went to Ryan Thompson for multiple innings. They would go to Kevin Ginkle in the eighth. Paul Sewald obviously saved for the ninth. And in the last two games, they haven't had a lead like that. So they haven't been turning to those guys. Instead, out comes Joe Mantiply tonight, who's been really good in the postseason. But he only gets one out, gives up three hits, two walks, three earned runs. Slade Ciccone pitches tonight probably only because it's a blowout. Ryan Nelson gets in the game and gives up four hits and three earned. Andrew Salfrank basically just made a clear up, cleanup appearance for one pitch tonight. I just thought the bullpen usage was kind of indicative of where this series is at right now. And to talk about a moment that kind of encapsulizes how everyone is going to feel about this game, how about the pop fly that happened at the end of the ball game where nobody caught it? Pop fly in the infield. Gabby Moreno probably had a play on it. Third base had a play on it. I believe that was Longoria at the time. Uh, the pitcher easily could have caught it. Nobody caught it. And Tori Lovello talking after the game even brought it up as we got to get back to doing fundamentals. We got to do the basics. We got to get back to doing 
to playing Diamondbacks baseball. And, and one of the media members, to their credit, followed up with, what does that even mean? What is Diamondbacks baseball? And Tori Lovello literally said, we got to catch pop flies. And that is the bare minimum that we should be asking of a team like this when they're in the NLCS. Catch the pop flies, do the little things, and then maybe we can talk about possibly turning this series around. That just kind of felt like the entire low point of the night. Like if you wanted to surmise the one moment that made you feel like, oh my gosh, this game was just lost completely and I've almost feel like I've lost faith in this team for the rest of this postseason run. It was that moment when the ball just dropped right in between the three. I call it it the Bermuda Triangle almost. Right, because it makes you wonder like, okay, who's in this still? Who wants to win this thing? Who wants to catch the pop fly? It was kind of a very symbolic moment in this game where it just showed that the Diamondbacks had not, not only were they out of it in the score box, but they were out of it mentally at that point in the game. And Tori Lovello mentioned as much after the game. Like, yeah, I mean, it's kind of a checkout moment, and that's unacceptable at this point in the, in the postseason. And while a lot of people probably came into this series thinking, you know what, the Phillies are just such a juggernaut, and, and they've been here before, and they went to the World Series last year, and they've got great starting pitching and, and probably the better matchups. They've got great hitters who have been here before. I get all that. If you didn't think the Diamondbacks had any business being in the series, yeah, you're probably along with most other people's thinking. But that doesn't excuse the ability to not play fundamental baseball. You have to make those little plays, even if you're down by 10. You have to make the little stuff happen. Otherwise, you're completely checked out of the series, and the fans will check out of the series, too. I, was, I choked about it on my um, my X account. I Do we call it an X account? Twitter, Twitter X, whatever. What it do is. we call? I don't even know. Whatever it is this week. I jo- once it got to eight nothing, I joked like, "Is Jose Herrera going to pitch in this postseason?" Because that's fe- that felt like was the direction that we were heading. We ended up seeing Slate Sacconi. We ended up seeing Andrew Salfrank get a final out. But this felt like one of those games early on in the season where the one team is just blowing you out of the water, and you're you're going to play the long game as it goes. You're going to. You know, save your pitchers because there's still one game left in the series and you got to have a fully rested bullpen. So let's let's throw out the backup catcher, even though he's going to cover for Gabby Moreno tomorrow. Like this, it was just overall a very frustrating game to consume. And yet, thank goodness they have a day off tomorrow. And and, thank goodness they're coming home. And in game four, because we we know that Brandon fought is going to start game three at Chase Field to start the home stretch. But game four, the Diamondbacks don't really have a starting pitching option there. And because of that, we kind of anticipate that they're likely to throw a bullpen game. Now, if you're down 0-3 in the series at that point, and and it looks like nothing but despair, maybe the Diamondbacks kind of change their mind about pitching Zach Gallon on short rest just out of desperation. That's a possibility, I suppose. But Torrey Lovello made it pretty clear at the beginning of the series, he wouldn't pitch his guys on significantly short rest. And that's exactly what it would be. Zach Allen pitched on Monday. Are you really going to pitch him in a game four on, what would that be, Friday? I can't see that happening. So I don't know what's going to happen in that game four, but your bullpen usage in these games is going to impact that. And it sucks to have to manage your bullpen that way in games one through three, knowing that you're going to have to use five, six, seven, maybe even eight pitchers in that game four. That's that's a lot to ask, and I believe that it's going to impact how they use their bullpen in Game 3. You know whose thoughts I'm curious to hear on this? Because he was in Philadelphia witnessing it all. I'm 
curious when he tuned out of this one. I'm seeing him smiling, even though there wasn't really much to smile about tonight. Alex Weiner, who covers the Diamondbacks for us with Arizona Sports, checking in from Citizens Bank Ballpark in Philly. Alex, first of all, hi. How are you? Are you okay? Recovered? Hi. Recovered. I'm doing fine. How are you guys doing? We're, uh, we've been venting a I'm lot. on the field. Yeah, exactly. We've been venting a lot. And apparently there was one point where a fan rushed onto the field and the security card absolutely decked him. So it's been that kind of a night. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Just we're going to start general takeaway. What is your immediate takeaway from a 10 nothing loss in game two? Yeah. um, Gosh, where do you even start with this one? I mean, I I guess we could start with Merrill Kelly, I I guess. That's a good place to start. I know we're going to get into the offense and the bullpen late and kind of losing it at the end of the game where sort of everything starts to fall off the wagon. But uh, I guess starting with Merrill Kelly, it, it really comes down to with him and Gallon just a few mistakes that the Phillies aren't missing. They, they did not miss a mistake. Kyle Schwarber said the first game they weren't going to take hittable pitches. And even in this game, you know, Merrill, he only gave up three hits. They just all happened to be solo home runs. And I think he mentioned he made two mistakes, you know, one to Schwarber and then one to Turner Um, that ended up being home runs. But other than that, I think he kept them competitive enough. No, it's, it's tough going up against this lineup and keeping your team in it when the offense isn't doing anything. So, you know, it was kind of a gutty performance from Kelly. The numbers aren't going to look great, but ultimately they were still in the game by the time that he came out of it. Um, And then on the other side, just offensively, just, they never got anything into a rhythm you know corbin carroll leads off the game getting on with an error and then nothing happens katal Marte has a couple hits but ultimately aaron nola was just dealing tonight again kind of like wheeler was kind of firing on all cylinders in game one nola was throwing them off balance mixing up speeds i mean he was terrific all night and the d-backs took a lot of strikes they swung through a lot of pitches um, they just didn't put that many opportunities to score out there and ultimately they were just outclassed tonight Alex, I want Alex, to, I want to circle back, circle there, back there for a second. For a second. Um, you were talking specifically about Corbin Carroll getting on to lead off the game on that error and then decides not to go for second base. It's the second game in a row where that happened. Did Tori Lovello give any sort of explanation as to why the Diamondbacks don't seem to be as... Uh, they're not running as much. It feels like they're scared. Are they scared? I don't know if they're scared. I mean... Corey had a, an explanation for why Corbin didn't go in this game. I mean, Aaron Ola was slide-stepping. He had been doing that in the second, last couple of months of the season. And the way Tory put it, it felt like they scouted that his effectiveness as a pitcher goes down when he slide-steps. So they thought that they had an opportunity offensively to potentially capitalize, uh, and it didn't work. But And then in game one, it was sort of a situation where he credited Wheeler for kind of mixing up the looks, and Corbin never felt comfortable enough to get a good jump and go. So... But yeah, it's a little bit different to see them not trying to, you know, be the aggressors on the base paths, especially when they get the leadoff hitter, you know, to start the game in both games and he doesn't go and they ultimately do nothing with it. But ultimately, again, they did nothing with it anyway. Maybe if he gets a second base, that puts more pressure on the defense. Maybe that creates something. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's not like he was moved to second base naturally anyway. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a tough situation to you know, continuously not, you know, get much going offensively early. And that seemed to be an opportunity, but it just wasn't the right timing for them, I guess. I know it's again minutiae, and I know you gave a uh, 
the reasoning for it based off of what Tori told you, but it almost feels like to me they're abandoning their offensive identity, not even giving Corbin at least one chance at a steal because, again, he didn't get another opportunity on base tonight, if I recall correctly. Do you feel like they're abandoning their identity as a result of how the Phillies have aggressively combated their pitching? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's a two games where they went up against their two best pitchers and and they came out empty. And, you know, I don't know. It, it was, you know, certainly not the at-bats that you want to see as far as taking pitches that are strikes and swinging through a lot. I mean, it's... Um, they they were just over overmatched in both of those out in both of those matchups. I, I don't know. It, it feels like yeah, you want to get guys on and get them going, but ultimately their chaotic strategy works with base runners. If they're drawing walks, if they're more disciplined, if they foul more pitches off, if they work pitchers, and I guess in that sense, these past two games haven't looked like the Diamondbacks' offense, um, just because of the lack of dynamic to it. So, yeah, I guess you could say that so far this series, they haven't looked like themselves. But again, it's it's two games and they're going back home. And so it's still an opportunity there. Alex Weiner, our D-backs insider, checking in from Citizens Bank Park in Philadelphia after the 10 to nothing loss for the Diamondbacks in game two. Alex, that dropped pop up uh, late in the game when you're already way down. And I think the third baseman, the catcher, and the pitcher all had a play on that pop-up, and none of them went for it. It just kind of uh, was symbolic to me of how the game was going. It didn't feel like anybody was fully in it. Uh, It kind of felt like they gave up on the play, and it kind of felt like they gave up on the game at some point. Um, How do the Diamondbacks refocus themselves as a team and try to put that, that, that focus on the fundamentals? Yeah, that was jarring. I mean, this is a team, that, and, and Tori said this after, that they didn't play diamondback baseball, which he kind of classified as, you know, doing the fundamentals, you know, being mature in the box and kind of grinding through it. Um, and yeah, you're right. It, it, it was a little strange because it wasn't only the drop pop-up, but um, even the sack fly, and ultimately nothing came of it, but Lourdes Gurriel makes the catch, and it he turns around as if it was the third out. Um, can't confirm if he thought it was the third out or if he just turned around, but it, it kind of looked that way. So there there was a few moments that were kind of low moments late in the game, execution on the mound. I mean, um, it, it just, it got away from them pretty quickly. So as far as flushing the page, I mean, this is baseball. Um, they play again in two days. So at least they'll, it's one of those things, like, would you rather play tomorrow and try to get this out of your mouth or take the rest day, regroup, and then go back to it? Um, different players probably give you different answers with that, but yeah, I mean, it just it, it is what it is. They 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 got to hand it to them here, um, but you know, it's one of those things where you know they're not out yet, and in baseball, you have to have a short memory with this kind of stuff. So, if I were to phrase it like this, if you think this series is over, would you say no? No, I, I mean, obviously, you know, going over the numbers, teams that start off two zero in the NLCS, or teams that I believe those teams that start off two and zero in a best of seven series win 84% of the time, something like that, 84.2, I believe. So, you know, obviously, historically, it, it hasn't looked good for a team that falls down 0-2. At the same time, there's also the saying that the series isn't over until the home team loses. Um, we'll see what happens. You know, if they're giving the ball to Brandon Fott in game three, the Phillies will likely go Ranger Suarez. Um, big opportunity for the rookie, big opportunity for the offense to kind of get back going. It's, it's, it's not really... I mean, it's never over until it is, but 
Um, they're in a hole right now. And if they don't climb out of it in game three, then you can start literally looking at it as, oh boy, this, this might be done. So I want to follow up then, because if the Diamondbacks are going to make a series out of this, they will have to face Zach Wheeler again. And if they want to make this a series that they win, they will have to face Aaron Nola again. So what do you think from the way that you viewed these first two games, what has to change from the Diamondbacks' offensive approach if they want to get back in this series and when they face those two guys again, if they get the opportunity? It's funny, Tori had, a, had an answer to a question um, in his post-game presser where he t- talked about like not wanting to give too much information on how they would attack Nola next time because they're going to see him again. Um, so maybe that gives an idea of just how like what the mindset is that they feel like they're going to see these guys once more. But yeah, I mean, with Nola specifically tonight, I mean, it was just... Um, and even with Wheeler, it was it was getting down in counts and just kind of a lack of like battling through it, um, not attacking, you know, the right pitches just because they were, you know, they were mixed up. I mean, Wheeler and Nola both did an excellent job of that. So, um, yeah, I, I think there's got to be more of an emphasis on battling through some of these at bats, um, attacking the pitches that you know are right there. But um, I don't know. That, that's that's something that they're going to have to game plan for over the next. You know, however many days, if you know they get to see those guys again, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to have all the answers to that one. Alex Weiner, our D-backs insider. I, w- I wouldn't know how to hit. I wouldn't know how to hit Arenola after what I saw. No, I want to. I want to see you try <laughs> though. I want to see one. that happen. Get in the cage. One of these games. I don't know. Sorry, Steve. One of those go ahead. things. Like if you had a year, if you had a year to train for, like, <laughs> would you be able to get a base hit off of Arenola if you got ten at bats? Hey, like, listen. Probably no. They let. <laughs> they let. The way he was throwing today. They let Billy Crystal play for the Yankees. So I mean, anything is possible. Uh, Alex Weiner, our sure. D-backs insider, is checking in from Citizens Bank Park in Philadelphia after the game two loss. Uh, Alex, I'm gonna. This is my last question for you, and I think it's your answer is going to tell us a lot about the state of the Diamondbacks right now. After a no ten to nothing loss, and you walk into that clubhouse after the game, how would you describe the mood? Um, pretty quiet. Although not everyone was in there, some guys, you know, got done early. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was, I, I guess, a little bit more quiet, but ultimately, you know, not a ton of panic. I mean, talked to Christian Walker and um, to Tommy Pham, and you know, it's it's one of those things where it's. It's just about flushing it, getting on the plane, getting back to Phoenix and regrouping. Um, it's it's obviously going to be tough tonight. It's going to be a long plane ride. I mean, you lost 10 nothing, you know, in a huge game. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's, it doesn't feel like – it doesn't feel like all is lost, I guess, would be the mood that I took from in there, even though it's, it's definitely a stinger tonight and definitely a shocker tonight. All right. I want to end on a fun one because this wasn't necessarily a fun work trip, but – I'm sure Philadelphia was at least a fun destination for you to visit. And maybe you had some time earlier today, perhaps. Did you get to have a cheesesteak? No, I didn't have a cheesesteak, unfortunately. But I got to walk around. I I got to walk around. I saw the Liberty Bell. I went to city. I I got to do some sightseeing. I'd never been to Philadelphia before. So that that part of it was fun. And and the ballpark is beautiful. And, um, you know, everyone's talked about, like, the crowd and the environment. I mean, it's a great place to watch a game. So. All that stuff was good. It was just, uh, yeah, a tough night at the ballpark for the Diamondbacks. Well, I'm glad you got to enjoy the non-work part of it, and hopefully the travel back home is very nice for you, Alex. We look forward to talking with you again. When Game 3 comes around on Thursday, safe travels back to the Valley, all right? Thanks, guys. All right, that's Alex Weiner, our lead Diamondbacks writer. Here's my challenge to Diamondbacks fans as Game 3 approaches on Thursday afternoon. 
pack Chase Field the way you did last week. Yes. Do that again, and you give your team the best possible scenario to get back into this series. Don't assume that they're out of it yet, because they're not. Pack the stadium on Thursday, and you give them the best chance to get back in it. And that's when we'll see you next. 207 first pitch, game three at Chase Field on Thursday. You're going to hear all the action right here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. For my co-host, Mitch Vareldis, for everyone else who made this show possible tonight, for Alex Weiner, for joining us from Citizens Bank Park in Philadelphia, I'm Steve Zinsmeister. We will see you on Thursday for Game 3. It's the Arizona Sports NLCS post-game special.